0: Love Lover, the podcast, acknowledges the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Araqual people of the Bundjalung Nation, and pays respects to Elders past, present, and emerging. Uh-oh. and welcome to Luna Love of the Podcast. I'm your host Jordana Levine, and this week we've got a bit of a two for one episode. We are tackling both Sagittarius season, which kicks off on Thursday, and the Gemini full moon, which will be graced with on Monday. Back in the day, I used to combine these episodes, but then the moon moved a little away from the beginning of a season and I could do one episode per week, which was great for me and the feeling of content on this podcast. But alas, we are back to them being very, very, very close together. So this is going to be a little bit more of a longer episode than you used to, but I think most of you are going to be pretty thrilled about that. Sagittarius season kicks off officially on Thursday, November 23rd, and will run until the 22nd of December. Before we dive in, it's worth taking a minute to reflect on the dark, shadowy, deep, honest and contemplative nature that was Scorpio season. What a fucking ride that was. Sorry, should have done a language warning. Was it just me or was that a particularly shadowy Scorpio season? The good news is the signs move in cycles across a 12-month period and when we're able to plunge into the depths as deep as we do and bring about the deaths that need to occur, afterwards we're gifted with adventurous, expansive and wisdom-filled teachings, bringing faith and hope and an arrow pointed upwards guiding us back towards the light a la Sagittarius season. Sagittarius, the half-man, half-horse centaur, is galloping in to place us in front of the warm and well-stoked fire of Sagittarius season. I invite you to look right into the center of the flames and witness the infinite possibilities that lay before you. The mantra for Sagittarius is, I believe... And I want you to really ponder what it is you believe now. Now that Scorpio has taken you through a transformation, might have done a right old number on you. We did have an eclipse in there. I want you to ask yourself what rebirths have occurred. Yeah, it's all about the death and rebirth cycle. How has this shifted your beliefs is what Sagittarius is now asking. And it's so important that we take this time to reflect because if we just keep rushing to the next season, I know I'm keen to, (laughs) but if we do that, we miss the whole point of the upheaval that is Scorpio season. Yeah. Don't let the tears, the turmoil, the intensity be wasted by not taking the time to find the value, the lessons and the golden nuggets that emerge from such tower crumbling moments. Now, perhaps you're listening to this and you're like, I actually had the best Scorpio season. Well, that is great. I'm so happy for you. (laughs) So bloody happy for you. No, some of us would have had a really lovely experience, right? For many of us, there was challenging astrology happening during Scorpio season. It doesn't happen every Scorpio season, but this one in particular, there were a lot of challenges and obstacles from an astrological perspective. And for many of us, it was that tower crumbling moment. The beauty of the tower card, I was just talking to a friend about this the other day, is that after the tower card comes the star. Yeah, this is when we're talking about tarot. And the star card is all about hope, faith, renewal. That's what comes after the tower crumbles. So what new beliefs, what new sense of faith has formed after the transformation you've just been through? Beliefs, faith and exploration of the truth is what is at the heart of Sagittarius energy. They're keen explorers, adventurers, and travelers. They're avid learners and academics, eager to philosophize about everything from religion to politics, from science to art. But Sagittarius's primary objective is faith. Optimism, freedom, and expansion are ruling energies of this fire sign. So as we emerge... From the Scorpio cocoon in which we embrace transformation, can you now immerse yourself in a deep sense of faith that everything you've been working towards is evolving exactly how it's meant to? Let's look at the symbol of Sagittarius to draw inspiration from this sign. Sag is often shown as the centaur with an arrow pointed skyward. Or sometimes it's just the archer's arrow. Either way, the message is the same. Look up. Truth, optimism, faith, and hope are all achieved with an upward gaze. Yes, Scorpio wanted us to look down, look deep, look internally. Sag is like, let's look at what's out there. Let's look up at all of the possibilities. When we're not in faith, we're in fear. And faith is a really tricky quality to teach, but can you allow yourself the gift of believing, initiating a deep belief in yourself and your own abilities to create, mend, uplift, and heal? Here's the icing on the cake of Sagittarius energy. It's not so much the end goal that Sagittarius is interested in. I mean, sure, Sag is goal oriented, but what Sagittarius is most interested in is the journey it takes to get there. So savor each moment, even the obstacles, get curious, explorative, question things and broaden your perspective through an optimistic filter. Sagittarius uh, is also like very experiential. Yeah. So unlike Gemini, who likes to get all their facts through the processing of information, reading, listening, writing, you know, all those things, Sagittarius lives for experiential learning. They are the eternal student of life. Expanding their awareness is their lifeblood. And for Sagittarius, it manifests through the three distinct archetypes the gypsy, or uh, I think that's, I always say that. I think it's not correct to say that anymore. I think we're going to say the explorer, the student, and the philosopher. I get images of like um, the intrepid traveler, you know, that sort of Kentucky tour type adventurer, fresh out of high school, exploring the world, making drunken mistakes, experiencing freedom for the first time. Then Perhaps they become the student, they go to university or even begin their first job. Yeah, they're the student once more, either studying new skills or learning new skills on the job. Perhaps this is something they continue to do throughout their life, signing up for courses, upskilling, following a passion and learning all they can about it. Then they reach a point where the lessons of the explorer and the student merge into the philosopher. Searching for meaning and insights. What is the meaning of this experiential life I've lived? The philosopher is fueled by the experiences of life and the lessons learnt as the explorer and the student. The Sagittarius strategy is to live life as an adventure. Move forward expecting miracles. Take a leap of faith. Sagittarius is convinced that life means something there is more to it than what we see at face value and that optimism that pursuit of truth and understanding is what shapes their opinions and ideals Sagittarius operates with principle. Like all signs, Sagittarius, of course, comes with its shadow signs. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) What happens to the soul eternally searching for freedom? Or the over-optimistic explorer? Or the spiritual student with blind faith? Well, tragedy, unfortunately, if one does not learn to exercise a healthy level of caution. So how do we apply Sagittarius' teachings to ourselves this month? Well, it's helpful to see where Sagittarius falls in your own chart. Yeah, it's a really good place to start. So I want you to grab your natal chart. You can download one online, find the symbol for Sagittarius on the outside of the wheel and look at what house Sagittarius falls into. It's going to indicate where you're most familiar with Sagittarius energy and also where the sun is going to be transiting in your chart this month. For me, it actually crosses the sixth and seventh houses, which is hilarious. Um, Sixth house is day-to-day work, you know, where we are of service. The seventh house is relationships. So that is like over-optimistic, complete blind faith, very much the experiential learner and philosopher when it comes to work and navigating relationships. Now, Just because the house indicates where you experience Sagittarius energy doesn't mean we don't have things to learn in all areas of our life. A really poignant place to look for Sagittarius energy is within the symbol it's represented by, that archer, that upward facing arrow. No sense shooting an arrow with no sense of direction. No sense shooting that arrow with blind faith alone. There's precision in the experience of Sagittarius and the arrow represents it beautifully. Can you aim your arrow in the direction in which you wish to direct your energy this month? And before you let go and watch it hurtle through the air towards your future, can you infuse it with the belief that it's going to land exactly where it's meant to. And the optimism that it will eventuate into that which is in your highest interests and forever in your favor. Oh, well, it sounds very Hunger Games, doesn't it? And a deep sense of faith that you are worthy and deserving of bloody miracles. If you feel the stirrings for an adventure, follow those stirrings. If you feel a pull towards a field of study or just a topic you want to learn more about, dive in. And if you are drawn to discover more about who you are and why you're here, explore and experience all that you can. This is Sagittarius. Okay, so that's Sagittarius season, but here's the thing. There's some extra astrology going on this season that may affect how it's expressed. First off, for most of Sagittarius season 2023, the sun and Mars are going to be traveling together, adding to the fiery energies we may be feeling already. This could result in us feeling quite impulsive, also inspired to take action. Yeah, there's ups and downs to this. We've felt elements of this lately with the Mars Kazemi that we had last week. We're going to continue to feel motivated and full of that go get energy throughout the month. So this is good news. It is. But if we don't manage this excess energy well, it can lead to burnout. It can zap our energy levels completely. Yeah. It's also the end of the year when we start burning out. So please, please be mindful of this. The other thing to note is the minute that the sun moves into Sagittarius on the 23rd, it's going to form a square with Saturn. This square will limit some of that Sagittarius energy in the first week of the season. Some days you might feel like like you're treading water, getting nowhere no matter how hard you try. Obstacles, roadblocks, challenges... Like opportunities that just amount to nada, zilch, nothing. You might even feel a little melancholy or unappreciated that your achievements count for little. This all sounds very dark, doesn't it? It's just a bit of like constriction, maybe is a good way to put it. It's just Saturn. Yeah. There's a lesson in the slowness of it all. Right now, steady accomplishment is the way to go. Patience, patience, patience truly is a virtue. This too shall pass. All those things that we say, (laughs) trying to make ourselves feel better. The good thing about the sun is that it moves pretty swiftly. By this time next week, it will have eased. Yeah, not completely, but enough for the Mars conjunction and the Sag fire energy to kind of cut through that Saturn square. All right. So another thing we have to look forward to is the Gemini full moon. The Gemini full moon will take place on Monday, November 27 at 8.16 p.m. in Sydney, 9.16 a.m. in London and 4.16 a.m. in New York. Gemini is born to perceive. There is so much to see, to know, to read, to absorb. Perhaps you're thinking, oh, Sag, Gemini, they're keen learners, these two. They are so alike. Well, they are, and also they're not. Gemini and Sagittarius are opposing signs, yeah? So this is why it's a full moon. The moon is opposite the sun. And it's really important that when we're discussing the energy of a full moon to factor in its place within the opposing season, right? So here's the difference between the two. The bridge of commonality is understanding. Gemini understands through its perception of things, Sage understands through its experience of things. Where sage is the philosopher, contemplating, finding meaning, exploring foreign lands, Gemini is the journalist, seeing, collecting, listening. Gemini is collecting facts, where sage is collecting truth and meaning. Gemini is gathering clues to make sense of the world, Sagittarius is gathering experiences to find meaning in the world, all right? So that's the difference between the two. Like I said, the bridge of commonality is understanding. So this is a theme that is likely to come up under this full moon. What do I understand about the situation? What do I understand about myself? What do I understand about other people? What do I understand about my own experience during this full moon. If we zero in on Gemini, we're looking at the twins, right? And classically, the twins are representative of the two sides of the self, not good and evil, like people told me growing up, (laughs) but rather our human selves and our soul selves, the tangible and the intangible, the intellectual, thank you very much, and the spiritual. Again, thank you very much. The twins are essentially trying to understand each other. And they do this by witnessing, conversing, listening, reading each other, attempting to understand the other's perspective. No detail is too small. No gesture goes unnoticed. No trail is too meaningless or cold. Gemini sees it all, then deciphers it, picks it apart, puts it back together. The mantra for Gemini is I think, right? See how it differs to Sag, which is I believe. And yeah, intellect is Gemini's superpower, but it doesn't make it their saving grace. Not when it's just their thoughts, right? When the twins focus on thoughts only, meltdown, (laughs) Meltdown. This is why the twins are known as the communicators of the zodiac. They want to know what everyone else is thinking as well. So, this is why they get so curious. They ask questions, they listen, they inquire. Why, why, why? Tell me more. How does that make you feel? They want the full experience from the mouth of the experiencer. So, what does this all mean for the energy of the full moon? Well, I think Mars opposing this moon is worth a mention. Remember I said that Mars and the sun are traveling very close together. Well, sun is opposite the moon when it's a full moon. So Mars is opposite the moon. Keep an eye on short fuses, frustration, impulsive behavior, and difficulty directing your energy in the way that you intend. If this happens, it's important to come back to those twins honor all sides of yourself, the physical, tangible human you, as well as the unconscious, ethereal, all-seeing spiritual you. With Mars opposite the moon in Gemini, it might feel like yelling at someone will be cathartic, (laughs) but I encourage you to express yourself in other ways. Channel the energy through your physical body, run, punch pillow, dance, do some star jumps, shake your body. Then maybe if that's not working or if that doesn't feel good to you, perhaps channel it through something creative like art or poetry or journaling or painting. I'm imagining like a Jackson Pollock-esque canvas. Um, Then if your mind won't switch off, which it might not with Gemini, the overthinker, then consider writing all your thoughts down and consciously trying to consider the full spectrum of perspectives. I personally find this so helpful as a Gemini to really diffuse the intensity of where my anger is directed. One more thing. You know how I spoke about Saturn squaring the sun? Well, because the moon is opposite the sun, it means Saturn is also squaring the moon. So that Mars feeling of frustration I keep speaking about, it's almost fucking certain, right? It is written in stone. Frustration will come up. If you know about it in advance, maybe it's going to feel less frustrating, right? You might just be like, oh, it's the moon. It's the moon square Saturn. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. All right. (laughs) All right. Let's have a look at some ways we can work with the Gemini full moon. Be the mirror and observe your reflection. The twins, another way of looking at the twins is like them being a reflection of the one person, right? <laughs> split split personalities. No, it's just my mirror self. So if you see something in another that irks you or icks you, as the cool kids say, it's because you're seeing yourself in them, mm. But also be the reflection of what someone is offering you. So if someone is speaking, listen. If someone is giving, receive. Get it? All right. So we're going to be the mirror. We're going to be the mirror, but also be conscious that you are the mirror. Goes two ways. Mirror goes two ways. There you go. All right. Um, Communicate clearly. Gemini, ruled by Mercury, is one savvy communicator. But communication is a two-way street. So ensure your words are clear but also that they're being received as intended. Again, reminder that Mars might be affecting your communication. So if it's about to come out in a very impulsive, fiery way, perhaps just take a breath and write it down first. Yeah. Another really important lesson of Gemini and something to really think about under this full moon is how are you perceiving your own reality? Gemini is all about perception and the way that we perceive the world. Now, I've spoken about this in many different ways at many different times, but I'm going to say it again because, oh my God, it's changing the way I view life. Your reality exists only because of the way you perceive it, right? If you change your perspective on the exact same situation, circumstance, person, inanimate, object, the reality of that thing changes, So what I want you to think about during this Gemini full moon is what parts of my reality do not suit me. And I don't mean this in like a delusional Delulu way. (laughs) Uh, My bank account does not suit me. (laughs) Well, actually, I mean, it could work that way. I want you to perceive it differently. Instead of perceiving it from a lack mindset, can you perceive it from an abundance mindset and see what changes? There's so many different ways that we can apply this, but I want you to really have a think about it In your life? Is the reason I'm single because there's something inherently wrong with me? Or is it because that person that I'm waiting for and that person that I'm longing to become is still in the cooker? It's still cooking right? I actually saw this TikTok today. It was it was very cute. I've, I've consciously made sure that I don't end up in TikTok al- algorithms I don't want to be in. One of them is dating because I think it's really, can be really toxic on TikTok. But there was this really cute one that popped up in my feed today. And she was talking about thinking about the person that you're waiting to come into your life, not in a microwave mindset. She's like, think about them cooking, getting ready for you, yeah, for you to devour. You don't want the one that's made in the quick microwave. You want the one that's been in the crock pot or in the slow cooker, really taking its time. What meal is going to taste better? The microwave meal or the slow cooked meal? (laughs) I love that. Anyway, that's the change of perspective that I'm talking about with Gemini. All right. uh, What's next? Socialize. If, 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 if it makes you feel good, if it doesn't, by all means retreat. (laughs) Gemini is the social sign of the Zodiac, but those interactions need to feel nourishing and uplifting. If they don't take time during this full moon to get curious about yourself, go on a date with yourself. Another really interesting thing about Gemini when it comes to them being like the social butterfly, it actually comes back to the fact that Gemini is trying to understand and learn, right? The social aspect is less about like being the party girl or live and La Vida Loca. It's more about if I'm in a social gathering, there's more minds to pick apart. <laughs> there's more questions to ask. There's more information to be gathered, right? That's where the social aspect of Gemini comes from. Now, it is a full moon, so definitely release and let go. We can put our crystals out. We couldn't do it last full moon because it was an eclipse. So put your crystals out to cleanse and charge and clear and all those things. I'm excited. My crystals are feeling a bit bleh at the moment. But what else do we do under a full moon? We release and let go. Now, it's Gemini, so words are super powerful. So don't just think about what you want to release. Write it down. Say it out loud. Yeah. If you're not sure how you might like to consider becoming an ascendant subscriber of the podcast Um, on Sunday, a Gemini full moon circle will drop in your favorite podcast app once you become a subscriber. And we're going to work with a really beautiful releasing ritual using the power of your words. All right, that's your Sagittarius season and your Gemini full moon. I have had a bunch of you sign up to the early bird offer of my new astrology course, Celestial Storytelling. I'm so, so, so excited um, for you guys to take this course. You're going to love it so much. It's going to change the way you experience astrology and I guess this podcast because you're really going to be able to apply all of the knowledge in a really specific way. Way to you according to your natal chart. If you're sitting on the fence about the course, there's only like 10 ish more days, depending on when you're listening to this, to get 25% off the course. Um, Like I've said in previous episodes, there's an early bird offer. I'm not a huge fan of early birds, I feel like it devalues. Uh, the work that people put into their offerings. But because this is the first time I'm launching it and because I love you all so much, I did want to give you a tiny little window to grab a pretty decent discount. Um, What I thought I could do uh, is share a few ways that you can benefit from the course, just in case you're sort of sitting on the fence. So I mean, the first one is, of course, you're going to learn how to read a natal chart, which is just a great party trick. (laughs) You'll understand yourself better and you're going to be able to understand your friends better, too. Um, And in that, yeah, the self-awareness piece is probably the biggest takeaway. Like I said, I think it was last episode. I look at my natal chart every week and I discover something new about myself. The other really helpful way... Um, you're going to be able to use the teachings from this course is working with the lunar cycle and the moon and also working with the seasons, right? I think when we start to understand the depth of the signs um, on a level that goes beyond what you just listened to on this podcast and how we can really apply it to ourselves and our own cycles, we really, really, truly get the gift of astrology. Um, You're also going to be able to understand how transits will affect you by understanding the degrees of signs in your natal chart. So, you know, um, I spoke about when we were talking about the Mars Kazemi, I think it was the last episode and I said the Mars Kazemi will take place at 23 degrees Scorpio to 26 degrees Scorpio. So fine where those degrees sit in your natal chart. I think a bunch of you just froze and were like, what does that mean? Well, this course is going to help you with stuff like that. Um, and I think that's really helpful. That's when astrology changed for me, right? When I could get the specificity of what was actually going on and relate it to myself. Uh, you're finally going to understand how the houses fit in, because I know that that is an absolute minefield. And it was for me when I was learning too. Um, so I've really made sure that I've simplified the teachings of the houses so that you really get a grasp on it. Uh, if you're a yoga teacher or a meditation teacher or any kind of like movement professional, astrology is a really beautiful thing to incorporate into your classes, Um And the knowledge that you learn in Celestial Storytelling will help you weave those stories into your classes. Same goes for if you're a coach or an energy worker or something like that. If you work with clients in any capacity, really, imagine understanding your clients on an evolutionary and psychological level. Yeah, you're obviously going to have to tell them that part of the service is pulling up their natal chart. But I think it gives you so much intel into who you're working with. Yeah. Whether it's business coaching or life coaching or sex therapy or a dating coach or a naturopath or a nutritionist or I've run out of, or a Reiki healer or, you know, all the things, all the things Um, really helpful in that capacity. I practice evolutionary astrology. That's what I will be teaching, which means our souls evolve over our time here on Earth. yeah. And our natal charts are a window into what that evolution is. So if you're keen to join me for Celestial Storytelling, there's a link in the show notes of this episode, or you can head to my website, jordanalevine.com. Uh, forward slash readings. That's the astrology page on the website. And right at the top, there's a banner that takes you to the sales page for celestial storytelling. Um, While you're there, if you want to book in for a reading, you can do that. I have only got four spots available at the time of recording for the rest of the year. I don't know how that happened, but it did. So if you do want to get a natal chart reading in before the end of the year, then I highly recommend booking yourself in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends, either on social media or word of mouth. Carrier Pigeon will also suffice. Um, And if you really, 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 really like this podcast, you can leave me a review if you like or don't, whatever. I don't really mind. I don't read them, to be honest, but other people do. And it's nice for them to know what they're getting into when they click on Lover. All right, my loves, it's been a pleasure. I'm going to be back next week. Uh, God, it's going to be, what's it going to be? I don't know. All right, I'll put a question box on Instagram and see what you guys want an episode on. So really have a think about what you would like to learn in an episode of the podcast, because we did squeeze the season and the full moon into one episode, which means next week is empty. Uh, It's going to be great though, whatever it is. Until then, I'm Jordana Levine and you've been listening to Luna Lover, the podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well?